Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Previously on The Distraction. And the second over being ignored I gave him a chance to make it right truly I'm calling EP We have to talk about Jeremy. And I said, psychosis leg drop on him. This one's for all the pals. And O'Neal, it's Jason Pulowski, my man. Hey. What's up? What's up? I'm Good glad you're you. here. Glad you're here. Yeah. And have a big meme. Kate. What's what up? Are, How's it going? Talking about NXT? Uh, yeah. I, I asked for the... Uh, the NXT post review show crew. Yeah. Why are you that's, here? That's, that's us. Uh, it's a hashtag team Kalex. They, they, they like us over on Tuesdays. Yeah. We, yeah. We, we talk for about three hours. It's a lot of fun. Oh, it's the best. I, I wasn't informed of this. Uh, Kate, you were you were dismissed. I look, guys, I apologize. Alex, I was I I was looking for the solo king, sour graps. Like this is what oh. I didn't realize you guys have been doing yeah, this double no, I, I, show. That, the, the solo post NXT sucks. So that was that was bad. So I got I got Kate to come in. She really added a lot of you know uh, fun to the show where it was kind of lacking before. So yeah, I know I so huge, huge credit to her. She really made it great. All right, well, okay. 
that, that's great. You're not you're not really near uh, needed here, Kate. You know, oh. we gave you a career and everything. The CM Punk thing, we gave you you owe us a lot, and we just oh. you're not need, you're not needed here. Alex, we got to talk. Yeah, our demographic: bearded white guys. You fit you fit that perfectly. Joseph's off the show next week. I hear you do a bunch of accents. I got to replace his accent. People love the accents. So oh. I'm thinking next week, we just go full bearded white guys. Myself, you, Rob Wilkins, obviously uh, O'Neal's going to be there. The corner three might be extended. We're going to get O'Neal more shots. Connor Casey, I think John Alba's growing that back. We're going to try to get him. Just full bearded white guy sausage party next week. The, the, the women are going to love it. The men are going to love it. Everybody's going to love it, Alex Blowski. This is what I'm thinking for next week's show without Joseph. Are you in? Uh, well, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know how that's going to play in all the demos, but you guys do pay a lot. And um, just like Shawn Michaels, um, you pay me enough, I'll do their Blood Money show. And I said, This was for all pals. I know Neil. Starts a feed from the jaws of victory with the pork gun and the chubby hello welcome everyone to the distraction i'm jeremy lambert joined by alex by joseph homer joseph how are you I'm good. I'm very impressed by the great Alex Falowski's uh, off-the-cuff improv, you know, performance there. Um, you know, I, as you folks know, I see the, uh, the the behind the scenes here. I get the best seat in the house. And, you know, Jeremy, you give Alex a lot of dialogue to keep in mind. Can tell you folks, Falowski didn't miss a beat. Incredible stuff. He's very good. I mean, we, we work with talented people, right? No, but... Um, <laughs> we- wow. We are all vaguely entertaining when talking about professional wrestling. I would say Alex is about as close to the word talented as we we probably have on ball. But yeah, I mean, it's something, right? We talk about wrestling. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. What are we talking yeah. about today? What what wrestling are we talking about today? Ring of Honor wrestling um, in a What's topic we might should be serious about, unfortunately. Left of it, yes. Yeah. The All Elite Fleet, who produced one of their best episodes of Dynamite ever, I think, last night. Um you know, the good. general, the usual, let the chat talk some shop too. We'll, we'll see how things go. As as you mentioned in that in that cold open, that wonderful cold open, this is my last show. I'm missing next week. I'll be back the week after that. But, you know, on these on these platforms, this and the post show will be me for about, what, 10 days around there. So this is going to be uh, this is gonna be an interesting ride, Jeremy Lamb. But here we go. Well, next week, uh, as, I, as I just announced, it's going to be just more bearded white guys next week. It's going to be great. We're going to have a great show yeah. next week. Can't wait. Let's yeah. talk about let's let's start with the Ring of Honor. So they announced yesterday in the afternoon, they just put out a statement saying after final battle, live events for the first quarter of uh, 2022, not gonna not gonna run them. Though they hopefully be back. I don't know what's wrong, Joseph. Hmm? What's wrong? Nothing. I was just I was no. in the chat and listening to you. Okay. <laughs> I thought there was nothing uh, wrong, honestly. I, I thought there was like some breaking news that I'd missed there. Um uh, they're trying to be back for a Supercard of Honor in April, which is uh, typically held WrestleMania weekend. And then, like five minutes after that, Meltzer tweeted that you know everybody in contracts have been released. It was later clarified that if the contract expired at the end of the year, it would not be renewed. Um, and then, if they still had a contract, they would be paid through March 31st. After that, it, it would just kind of be 
kind of on a per agreement a basis as they, they try to reimagine and reinvent themselves. Um, and that's sort of where, where everything is at with ROH. Uh, I listened to Joe Koff speaking to PW Insider, Mike Johnson. He sounded very heartbroken by, by all of this and tough times. Sean later later tweeted that like this seemed to be a Sinclair decision. Like Koff fought for it and Sinclair just wasn't so sure. I know Sinclair just lost a bunch of footage. They've been back in Ring of Honor for a while and but that product is what it is. We do our show uh, Tuesdays, which O'Neill officially killed Ring of Honor yesterday. But they've been running empty arena stuff. When they tried to get back to live events, they weren't drawing well. They weren't drawing well in Philly at the ECW arena. Like that's usually a pretty hotbed for wrestling. So it's tough with Ring of Honor. As we've we've said many, many times on this show, like I don't think there's a more influential promotion in the last 20 years than them Mm -hmm. when you look at where uh where the state of wrestling stands and everything they they meant in the early 2000s early mid 2000s and you know here they are i don't know what the future holds for them a day later joseph what is your read on things i don't know so i mean i had a pretty um you know pretty instinctual response that initial kind of just bummed and i still am but you know I, i read the uh i read Meltzer's stuff about you know like what we kind of speculated on and assumed that they were, if they were going to come back, it was going to be like an independent promotion where they just bring guys in and out for dates. Yeah. And look, I think, you know, if, if you're going to really try to approach this in the most optimistic way possible, I think there is something to that as a route to rebuilding Ring of Honor. Now, do I believe that's going to rebuild Ring of Honor? Do I believe it'll even happen? I don't know, to be honest with you. The, the first question I'm pretty confident won't, and that's, you know, that's a shame. Everyone knows I like the Ring of Honor product, but it's had problems being just relevant. It's had problems getting any kind of buzz for the longest. So I'm, I'm not surprised by this, and that's that's really you know indicative of of where it's at. Um, I think what made it so stunning was how quickly it all kind of fell apart there, right? Because now we all know those of you who followed the situation know there's been many moments where Ring of Honor have kind of lost their grip on things, but that is very very different to one statement being posted, and as you said, five minutes later, Dave tweeting that, and like, you know, the whole promotion is suddenly in jeopardy. I don't know what their true intentions are, but it feels like, you know, it's very hard to spin yesterday's news into being positive, right? If we're being really honest. I I don't know if there is a positive. Like, the Ring of Honor we know, and we kind of grew up on, at least I grew up on, like, they are, they're gone. Like they, they are just yeah. completely. But the gone. question like, is, when did that happen? Is the question. Yeah, I was gonna say, and they've been gone for a while because. Here's the thing: they were hot. Sean said it on 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 the show yesterday. Like, they were really hot in 2000. My timelines are always bad. 18, like do that. Like the the yeah. elite stuff was 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 really hot. Like they had more buzz going than Impact with that stuff. The partnership with with New Japan, they sold out MSG. Yes, a lot of that was the elite, and that's how they were able to to spin off and do AEW and everything. But it was still an ROH name, and again, they were under ROH contracts, those guys. So it's still part of them, even if it, it was the talent more than the name ROH. Uh, but they, they were super hot in 2018. I don't want to say the, the Taven stuff hurt, like ruined them. Because, you know, in hindsight, obviously, Marty Skrull, not the best decision in the world. But at that time, Skrull was the play. 
you know, we didn't know what we know now about him. At the time, Skrull was the play. Hindsight, easy to say, yeah, good call. But at the time, terrible call. Did not help them. Uh, and then losing the elite in general, and, and I don't think they could have done anything about that. Even no. if e- even if AEW doesn't exist, those guys were probably going to, to WWE if AEW doesn't come around. Like, I don't think they could have done anything about that. I think if I had to pinpoint a moment... I don't want to say television, but it seemed like they just, they try, everyone wanted television, everyone wanted television, and they got that, and they almost lost their way, and it's kind of like the ECW thing, where, you know, ECW was where they were at, and they were hot, and everyone loved them, and then they got television, and then they had to deal with those hurdles, and then you kind of lost the quote-unquote integrity of what the company used to be, and, and it turned into something completely different. Yeah, so it's difficult because I think clearly the commercial high of the promotion was that, you know, 2016 to 2018 range. I would, I would you know, I'm pretty sure that's the, the truth. Yeah. I don't think critically it's been what it was. I, like, I think, you know, you mentioned TV. To me, the last decade has been, I mean, there's been some really good stuff in Ring of One over the last 10 years, and don't take one about to say as, like, dismissing that. But it is not the same critically as what it was in the mid-2000s. So right. there's truth to what you said. Now, what I would say is, and you acknowledge this, but it can't be overstated. The Ring of Honor wasn't hot. The Elite was hot, right? And the truth was, and I, you know, we talked about this a little bit on our stream last night. The truth is that they got complacent, relying on the New Japan talent and the Elite. And in the meantime, they lost a lot of guys that were cornerstones and core pieces that went over to NXT. And I remember it. This is not me doing revisionist history. People that watch the Ring of Honor product were consistently critical of the stagnant creative. They consistently pointed out the over-reliance on those two things I just talked about. And it was always responded to with, they're doing the best business they've ever done. Yeah. But that isn't how professional wrestling works, Jeremy, because WCW was doing great business in 1998, and we all knew where that was headed, right? Like it's, it's Sometimes it takes some time. Now, in their case, it was the elite leaving, and suddenly the bare bones of the, of the rest of the cabinet was very clear, right? And like... It's, you know, there's there's many reasons you can look at that. Was that, am I wrong in saying it was it complacency? Maybe instead it was NXT's change, you know, that WWE's changing philosophy and NXT becoming a home to guys like O'Reilly, Cole, Strong, you know, War Machine, all these guys, they, they all left. Maybe they just couldn't, they couldn't compete once WWE wanted those guys. And then when the Elite were the last kind of, you know, they were, they were holding it, keeping it afloat, when they left, I just think it's really difficult because, I, you know, this conversation is more interesting if I tell you there's like an objective right and wrong. And they definitely could have done things better. But I don't know, man. It feels like the writing was on the wall by the time the elite made that decision. Because as you said, they wasn't staying in Ring of Honor. It was, you know, they were, the, the AEW thing is like, thank goodness that happened. But if they went the other way, it was not going to be this go back and do another final battle and do another, you know, supercard. They've done that stuff. It is what it is. They fa- in truth, Jeremy, they failed to truly capitalize to the grandest degree on what the elite had become. They were still very much ring of honor wrestling and they wasn't able to expand at any point. And, you know, and eventually that caught up to them and they, they slowed down dramatically. It's a shame. I mean, they offered the elite uh, reportedly, like they offered them booking and everything. I think they would have gone to, to WWE if AEW doesn't come around, obviously ROH would have been in a better position if, uh, if AEW doesn't come around because if they're throwing these offers out there, 
you know, WWE, they're just going to go WWE. They're essentially getting what they, what they kind of have in AEW. Obviously the big differences are one is backed by, by Tony Khan and the other is backed by Sinclair. Tony Khan had these grand schemes and, you know, he he had network television and everything and ended up working. They were, you know, able to pull in guys like Jericho and, and other WWE guys. So it made that more appealing would ROH have been more attractive if you just take AEW out of the picture? And it's like, hey, you're kind of doing what you're doing in AEW, but you're doing ROH, maybe. But I think those guys even saw like we're kind of capped here, even yeah. if we're even if we have booking power and stuff. Like ROH is just kind of where they're at. And I mean, at the end of the day, WWE was going to offer them like they can have the booking power and all the stuff that they they want. WWE, I'm sure their offer was 10, 10 times more than whatever yeah. ROH was giving them. I mean, look, if you take the timeline and you remove AEW, and, and I say this with the utmost compassion and sympathy for everyone that lost their jobs yesterday or, or you know, their contract's going to be – all that stuff. I mean, anyone that's being objective would agree that wrestling is better for AEW being this than yes. Ring of Honor just kind of being in a slightly better position but still not competing. And, you know, the tr- you mentioned Sinclair. Like, the truth is Sinclair obviously has more than enough money to, you know, to make this thing fair. That was never their intention. Wrestling was content for them, and that's fine. That's their choice. They kept the promotion afloat by all accounts in the you know 2011 range, I want to say, a little bit later maybe. Um, but it is interesting, and we have to be honest, really, about what this actually signifies because I am a firm believer in the ongoing kind of ideology that pro wrestling is great right now because of the amount of options. I agree with that. You, everything that you know, you fingertip, you can watch anything you want to watch, and I think that's great. However, I personally believe, and this may be completely ignorant and and wrong, but this is the truth in my mind. I believe that we need to be honest about, like, how much time people want to spend watching professional wrestling and why people aren't watching Ring of Honor. And to a lesser extent, Impact. More people obviously watch Impact, I'd imagine, than Ring of Honor. But same thing, MLW, NWA. The general approach is they need to be on a better network. They need to do this, and it's that. I've thought about this a lot since we're doing the Ring of Honor show because, as I always joke, it's on their website for free, and they could promote it better, certainly. But, like, I just – I think we're in a landscape now where as much as it's great, there's so many options, I think we're increasingly realizing that, like, people don't actually want to watch this stuff. They may blame it on the network. They may blame it on this or that, the production. The truth is they have enough wrestling to watch. And I think Ring of Honor and Impact, and this is where AEW is an important part of the story, and it's not their fault, you know, we know that, but what we're saying is this is where they are an interesting part of the story because those promotions no longer became the alternative to WWE. They became a much lesser alternative. So, and again, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be better if Impact wasn't on a better network or Ring of Honor. I, it would be, but, like, just be honest about it. People just aren't particularly interested, are they? If we're being, if, you know, if we're being really analytical about it, people just don't particularly care it's a shame but it's the truth it doesn't i mean the pandemic hurt everybody there there's no denying that the pandemic hurt everybody um but the fact that like they came out of this they did they did we gotta we gotta credit them like during the pandemic they did the best out of anybody they shut down they did a bubble they made sure everyone was tested they sent home people who tested positive like they they didn't release anybody they still paid everybody even though they weren't working they re-signed guys they they did a tremendous job during the pandemic they ran their shows with no crowd not a didn't have a lot of buzz 
with, with any of that stuff. They came back. Their television was still with no crowd. Still didn't have a lot of buzz, obviously. When they when they ran live events, they didn't have any buzz coming out of that. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of wrestling on, and people are in the habit of watching WWE, and so and obviously WWE has has their audience. Absolutely. AEW, yeah. AEW like they like Joe Koff talked about this a lot. He he didn't outright blame AEW, but he mentioned AEW enough to where you could tell. He was, uh, he was kind of like, you know, if they don't come around, I think we're in a better position here. Um, and and look, they probably are, but like you said, ROH wasn't going to be what AEW is right now. They they just weren't. They're just going to keep being ROH. And the the point about there being too much wrestling, yeah, like th- there is a lot, and they're not on. They they're easily accessible. They don't do a good enough job like promoting how right. accessible. They are. I've said that. I've said this many times. Like MLW, say say what you will about them. They uh, and we have plenty to say over at latenightgrin.com. Uh, but like they they do a good job with media stuff where it's like, hey, you can talk to this guy. Hey, let's send out a press release for everything. MLW puts their stuff out there. Now whether people watch it or not, like they're they're at a disadvantage where like their big shows are not live. They're taped and then they're on specials and things like that. Like. But at least they try to put their stuff out there as much as possible. ROH doesn't do that. Like they have a website, and their website is more functional than a lot of websites. Their their social media isn't great, but they don't send out emails to press to to run a bunch of this stuff. Like they're just not super accessible when it comes to that. And that stuff, man, I don't think Impact does a good job of that. Their Twitter is very good, but as far as like feeding uh, news and whatnot to you know just simple press stuff, they don't do a good enough job of that either. So, but and with so much going on that. It's tough. You get lost in the shuffle with a lot of this stuff. But therein lies the that like that kind of is the answer though. I mean, you just said yourself, MLW does a great job of that. MLW show was on YouTube for free for the last three years, two years, whatever. MLW's TV show was on YouTube every week for free. And the audience the audience watched it and blessed them. They're trying their best, and there's nothing wrong with that. They're, they're good, you know, they're wrestling pros doing their thing. I wish them the best. But even with them doing all that stuff the right way, there's no like the the visibility is what it is, and YouTube they're on YouTube for free, and they still struggle to get any kind of relevance. Really, if we're being honest about it, yeah. because people, you know, as much as they may have a reason for it, like if you want to watch something, man, you're probably going to go out there and find it. Now, if we want to, if we are kind of trying to suggest, and I and I'm not saying this is wrong, it might be true that there is a, a viewer that's just at the. Um, you know, just just at home flicking TV channels. If that's still a thing, then I guess being on a better TV now would help. Would help, but that doesn't really seem to be where media is trending either. Um, I just think, and, you know, and then you have to get into like, I like some of these products, but like they're not, they're not the most um, can't miss. Are they? If we're really being honest about it, you know, like you could miss months of these shows and you'll be fine. And that is something that. AEW, due to their funding, and due to their production, and due to their bars and all this stuff, they've been able to compl- like you. Dynamite Foods can't miss. Yeah, and you're right. It's live TV. It's different, but like, it's not just that, is it? You know, no. <laughs> like they're you know a lot of these are they're paint by numbers. It's a shame, but it's. I mean, I think oh. it's it seems kind of telling that Robert O'Neill tweets something yeah. about a good match, and it's like, wow. Did- yeah. 
ROH is on, this is a good match. People are like seeking this stuff out right. and watching it. Like it seems kind of telling that like that's how they're getting some type of buzz. And again, a match that was free on their website or yep. free on Fight TV. It, you know. it truly, it truly is astounding. The well, how do I watch ROH? How do I watch ROH? Literally on their website for free. Yes. Like it's astounding yes. that that that's not known enough. And like ROH does some good things. They they do the week by week show, which which helps. Mm-hmm. But they they upload matches for for free on their YouTube and they everything. Do. Like they they try. I don't I don't People feel like out. in some in some aspects I, I do think they try in some, but in a lot of aspects they fail. And I think one of the biggest failings, and this will lead us into our, our next topic on this, like, is the Honor Club because Absolutely. we know we know that library, Joseph. We, yes. you know, as part of our uh, Tuesday show, we go back, we watch a classic match. I've said this many times of how ROH rekindled a lot of my love for wrestling uh, in the mid two thousands because WWE was what it was. Uh, TNA was a lot of WWE light stuff, and then ROH was something completely different they, they had the guys like joe punk danielson paul london uh aj styles like they they had these guys and they were wrestling a different style than, than what you saw in wwe and, mm-hmm. and in certain aspects i mean these guys a lot of these guys were in uh tna as well but their, their style was completely different it's like oh this is different this is special i'm gonna watch this and now a lot of these guys are i, mean, I just mentioned punk danielson styles joe like these guys are at the top of, of another promotion right now. Absolutely. And they do not do a good enough job highlighting, hey, these guys cut their teeth here. Before they were having great matches on, on national television every single week, they were having even better, arguably, matches, especially in you know in, in cases of WWE stuff. Like They were having even better matches when they were 20 years old. Like right. Look how they got their started. Look how they got built up. Like Watch this stuff. Honor Club was a complete miss that should have been much better, for, especially for the hardcore fans, that they did just not do a good enough job highlighting. I agree completely. But what alarms me is if you look at the view count, because I did some of this last night after we had our conversation, if you look at the view count on their YouTube when they upload blockbuster matches, like, it's cool. It is not, and this is definitely saying they just didn't do well enough, but I also think it's saying that maybe you and I in the bubble miss. They ha- they haven't got the same online traction all the Impact has. And I think mean, even when they were objectively doing better business, that was the thing. Impact always talks about their social media, and I know people scoff at it, but, like, I, dude, they upload, like, CM Punk. The, when CM Punk debuted in AEW, they uploaded a Punk match. And, brother, it legitimately had, like, 4,000 views or something within, like, a couple of days. And I was like, what? I don't get it. Like I, I, I struggle to understand it. Maybe I don't know. It just feels like this, people aren't interested. It's so strange. Maybe I think this is where their their social media, like their Twitter, is yeah. failing because I don't know when these matches are uploaded. Like yeah. if, unless you subscribe to their channel, this is where again impact. Like dude, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man went with Hangman Page yesterday. They tweeted that like, hey, remember when we did this like or, uh, last year or whatever? They're, it was? they're very good at that. Yeah, yeah. Gay, I, I think it's Gary. Like Garrett's very good at that stuff. Like this, I'm not saying ROH needs to go that far with it, but like let people know that like, hey, these guys that you're you're watching, like, hey, here's a classic match that we just saw. I don't know when these matches get uploaded. Like right. when you're like, hey, we're gonna watch this match. You're like, oh, that's on YouTube. I, for I sure, know. yeah. It's, I don't know when that stuff gets uploaded. It has a hidden gem vibe for sure, which is not what you want. But I do think there's a question here too, and this is something that I've been thinking about 
a lot with watching, you know, the bits of Bound for Glory and stuff. Have these two promotions, and I'm pairing Impact of Ring of Honor because not because I think they're headed out of business. I'm just like they started at very similar times. And what interests me about them as a pairing is the discussion around both of them seems to consistently be this pursuit of getting back where they were. And I think in Impact's case, everyone agrees that's probably not going to happen because they, you know, they were doing millions of views on, t- on Spike TV. It is what it is. That's, that's the way it goes. But, like, if your promotion's identity is trying to relive those glory days, those glory years, I think it can be a problem. And I think Ring of Honor had a lot of great talent, but when they brought back the pure title and stuff and it popped me huge, if I'm being honest with myself, the reason it popped me was because it was a return to the Ring of Honor that, like, I have such, there's such a mystique to to me. But is that the way you grow a product, you know? Like, when when Impact, like, maybe I'm being maybe I'm being unfair about this, but to me, when they have a big event, the whole conversation just becomes, and it's people that don't watch the product, by the way, myself included, that will be like, well, you know, like, will they ever get back to where they were? Like, we know they won't, but that's the, that's the narrative. That's the story. That's the talking point. And I just think... There's something to be said for that. I would, in an ideal world, Ring of Honor, you know, would have got back to, well, not got back, let's just be honest. In an ideal world, they would have just kept plodding along and getting wrestlers paid. That's, that's better for the industry, and it's a product I enjoy, so I, I was happy with that. Do in my half heights, do, do I believe that the product was headed towards a next generation of influence and innovation and excitement and relevance? No, I don't. I think it was, you know... A lot of good wrestlers trying really, really hard to do justice by a brand that meant a lot to a lot of people. That isn't the same as a, you know, an army marching uphill trying to revolutionise professional wrestling. And that doesn't mean it shouldn't exist. I would rather it exist, but it does feel like a real thing to me, unfortunately. I don't know. Maybe I'm being unfair, but that's just my read on it. What could they have done differently? Like, could it have been when they had that hot run with the Elite and they, they were getting, like, top New Japan guys coming over could they have done a better job capitalizing on that with building uh, top matches on pay-per-view like going live? Like there is a, there is an element of live television, right? Cause even, right. even when they had these guys, they were still taping shows and still nobody knew when these shows were on. So like, e- even though they had all these guys and they were hot, it's like, Oh, well, when can you watch this weekly show? Like still no one knew. It was still kind of about the, the yes. bigger events. Like could live television have helped them? during that run like is there anything where it's like okay when they were at this point if they would have had done this differently it would have changed everything absolutely and that's where beyond all the details that's where i think everyone can agree the elite got to a level of hot that required a certain level of investment a certain level of planning a certain infrastructure a certain visibility and whichever route they should have taken they actually basically just stood still and the response when people like myself would criticize it was they're making more money than ever. But it wasn't the way they were built. They were never, ever going to be a truly viable wrong work because they were viable, but like a genuine, you know, competitor that was really like felt like it was escaping just the nerdy wrestling bubble. And that's why, you know, the, the ceiling that you mentioned and then feeling like there was a cap, like that's the truth of it. And how would they have done that? I think live is a big thing. I think, you know, just trying to 
change their TV format as much as it pops yeah. me. Like it never felt like something that could really be like a new fan would sink their teeth into to me, which was a shame, always frustrating. There was a time where, and this was infuriating, where they would do TV alongside live shows that were on Honor Club. Yeah. But it wasn't like Honor Club. You had to like buy each show from what I remember. Yeah. So like you would watch the TV and miss title changes and like they would come up on TV in two months. It's like, well, so how am I going to follow this? Do I, do I watch the TV or do I pay 40 bucks a month on each of these pay-per-views that, or not pay-per-view events? And then I spend 30 bucks on the big pay-per-views and it was a mess. And that was when the boats were there. That was when all the great talent was there. So yes, absolutely. If we're really going to be, you know, decisive and point to it, the inability to evolve and adapt their, 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 um, their plan, their system to a product that could have been more, visible, more palatable for an, a wider audience. That's that's what killed them. Their inability to grow was the end, really. And, and I think, you know, again, this was this was during the elite stuff, but the the point you made about like kind of how they did their television. Because you're right, like they they had kind of their big events and then they do their television tapings, but you could watch their television tapings on Honor Club, but they wouldn't like if you then if you watch the television it seemed very out of order and it's like, wait, we've already seen this because it aired. Let's just say for, for argument's sake or, or for timeline's sake or for clarity's sake, uh, like you'd watch final battle and then like the week after final battle on their television, they'd set something up that was for final battle that you'd already seen that aired. It was very all over the place and very yeah. tough to follow if you were trying to follow. And that did not do anybody any favors because a lot of times like you didn't need to watch the television. You just mm -hmm. kind of watch the big events, but then if you watch the big events, you didn't always understand all the story. So when you'd want to watch the television, it, but then it's like, oh, wait, I've already seen this. It was very confusing. And this comes yeah. from, for me as someone who like tried to actually actively follow the product, I remember having conversations with, uh, with Larry Zonka about this stuff. And like, you know, he reviews, watches everything. He like tried to pe always piece it together, always review the television. And he's like, yeah, we watched this. I reviewed this show here. He just copy and paste all of his reviews because it's like, wait, we've already seen this stuff. It would be very confusing. And if you're a new viewer trying to get into it, I could definitely see how you would be confused of like, yes. okay, what, what am I actually watching? What's the important stuff to watch? And if you're someone who wants to actively watch it and keep up with it, it was still very confusing. It's like, wait, I've already seen this or do I need to watch this? Are they going to show something new? It was confusing as all get out. So there's a comment there about um... – the, if they would have preferred the New Japan Road 2 shows rather than RHTV. And this is where I think we should probably, this is where I think you and I would agree. This is what we, in an ideal world, they would have done. Yeah. The TV is, is what it is. You're owned by Sinclair and it's content. I don't know who's watching those TV shows. They've said the numbers are pretty impressive. And if so, let's be honest, they are not people that are like deeply in the wrestling bubble, are they? They're just people that, you know, the wrestling's on, whatever. That's, that's cool. That's awesome. So why not pivot to a system where, and they can still do this, but it would have been much bigger with the elite, where you have Honor Club and you run events on Honor Club. Maybe weekly events, maybe bi-weekly. You're selling matches for Honor Club, and the television is simply clips of those matches. Now, what that would do yeah. is it would be transparent, and it would basically tell your hardcore viewer, the one that's watching on YouTube, that's following on Twitter, they can watch the whole product without having to look for the, what network is on on, on their, their um, listings, right? But it would still keep the content flowing for the audience that's used to watching it at that time slot on TV, whoever that is, wherever they may be. If you could have advertised the product as for 10 bucks, and again, this is easy for me to say because their margins probably would have been killer, but I'm just, again, ideal world. For 10 bucks, you'll get every Ring of Honor show, 
including a discount or whatever to the big pay-per-views that we do four times a year, you know, and you get the archives. I think that would have a much better chance than come into the world of Ring of Honor and try and figure out as you go what you need to actually watch and what you don't and what you need to pay attention to. And sometimes we'll just tell you that there was a title change last night on a show that you're going to see in four weeks and, you know, and all this stuff. And it's like, I don't even, you know me, man. I'm like, in my heart, I, I like some of that stuff. Like, I like that old school bullshit. It pops me. It isn't how wrestling can be done anymore, unfortunately. It's people no, want not it to if be... You wanna, like, not if you want to, like, actually grow. Exactly. And yeah. Especially when they had the talent that they had and yeah. seemed to be on the path that they could have been on. Like, it wasn't it wasn't feasible. Like if you're, yeah. no offense, if you're, if you're impact and, and you're doing this stuff, like at this point with impact, it is what it is. But like we talked about ROH had a real opportunity when, when they had yeah. these guys and when they were hot and instead of adjusting, they just kind of stayed the course. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think chops in the chat says weekly TV is for the big boys. And as dismissive as it may sound, we've said similar before. If you ain't on a network of relevance, there's real truth to that. Because yeah. try to convince people to give them their time every week. It's like it's tough. And Impact finds it every week. MLW's finding it out. Ring of Honor, NWA goes about saying they've found it out. Like it's difficult. That I don't think that's the system. I really don't believe it. But you know, and this we'll is see. why I've I've said many times is like, okay, cool. All those promotions you just listed, they've got weekly television. I mean, the, the networks are what they are with a lot of them, but they've got weekly television, right? right. Like what's the third brand in my mind it's GCW and it's because yeah. they don't, they don't try to do that. They don't try to do weekly television. They're doing something different and it's much more palatable for, for fans to take in and people are reacting to it because they get enough of their weekly television with WWE and AEW. So yeah. if you could just consume one big fight a month or one big event or whatever it might be, like that's a lot easier for people then, oh, hey, let me see, let me watch this two-hour weekly impact show and see what's going on and try to keep up with everything. Yeah, and the other thing they have as an advantage is they aren't, they never are trying to portray to you that they are this kind of grand, triumphant wrestling promotion. You know, they're right. GC-dub, they're gritty, they're rough. They're, well, yeah, there you go. I mean, Impact is a great example of this, but Ring of Honor is too because they do the kind of majesty of the sports stuff and it's like, bless but you know like bound for glory they had this wonderful video package and whoever produced that should be proud of it because it was great and it's like you know it felt like a big time show and then it cuts to the building it's just it isn't a big time show is it like no. when and that's fine that's you know that's wrestling man wrestling isn't a point where we're gonna have five brands doing big time shows however gcw benefits from there not being any pretense of that there's, you know, this they are the the ECW equipment. It's not the right, you know, it's not perfect, but that's the equivalent, right? Yeah. And the other promotions are major league in theory, but they come across like the complete opposite of that, unfortunately. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's a shame. But, I mean, you know, like to, to conclude, because this has been a worthwhile conversation, and it's worth noting this, you and I come at this from a very much like sympathetic perspective. We yes. both love Ring of Honor Wrestling, man. Like we we love that brand. Different eras of it that both of us are pop for. Some of it's shared. And we don't want it to be this way. But we like I'm not gonna come on here and tell you guys I'm shocked that Ring of Honor is like you know, we've talked about it on the air for the last two years. It's it is what it is. I can't ignore the truth of it, but yeah, it's a shame. No, we we love it. I mean, again, youtube.com slash fightful distraction. We started our ROH show and I enjoyed watching the the weekly television. I would kind of casually watch it before we started to review it. Yeah. And then once I actually like really kind of watched it, I was like, oh, this isn't half bad. Like, is it 
some of the storylines and stuff? Is it all easy to, to follow? And, you know, without the live crowds and stuff, it can, it can be a little bit difficult to take in, but still, for the most part, you're getting two, three good wrestling matches on the show. And it's- this show is sponsored by better help. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Simple, and it goes by fast enough. And then we'd watch the, the old show, or the old match that we love that features guys that we love right now. And I, I said this after our first show, I was like, this might be the best actual wrestling show that we do. Like I've, I've wanted ROH to, to succeed, at least continue. And obviously, you know, if it was going to continue this way, not, not the, not the best, the, the growth was going to be limited, but like you said, Hey, at least if it continued, guys are going to get jobs, guys are going to get Absolutely. steady work and that counts for something. Um, but you know, now it's, it looks like it might just be kind of PWG East Coast. And if if that's what they go with, you know, yeah. honestly, at this point, it's it's probably a better business model than what, they, what they've been doing. Yeah, it's it's so difficult to talk about because it sounds callous. And like every I don't mean it is is kind of a dismissive way to talent. I just I hope they all get paid and they all come out of this one. Some of them obviously we all know they're gonna be fine, but the guys that have been on that roster for a long time that have gone under the radar, I hope they come out of it good. But like I don't think I'm speaking out of turn to say that, you know, they probably don't need to have 40 guys under contract at this point. I mean, they're producing one hour of television. Like, yeah. I get it completely now. If that is what they're going to do, then I'll, I'll watch it and hopefully it's good. But, you know, they said reimagine. I hope they are going to reimagine and not just make it cheaper <laughs> because <laughs> that doesn't really do anything. I mean, like, it's, it does stuff for them, but not for any of us. But, um, right. look, you know, you mentioned the watching the old matches and it's like, there is a truth within that that we are kind of we're all aware of, and we wish it didn't have to be that way forever. But it's it's kind of the truth. Like Ring of Honor was the place 
the eventual superstars would do their critically, you know, critically acclaimed revolutionary work that made them the names that then eventually became celebrity wrestling stars, basically. Right. When you look at a guy like Brian, when you look at a guy like Punk, I mean, these are two of the biggest stars in the last 20 years, AJ, Joe, and all of these guys, you, you and I could sit here and argue their best work was in ring of honor. It was the place where they would, you know, play their great music before they started playing the hits. And I mean that with love to the WWE stuff because a lot of them did great work in WWE, but that's where it was. As pretentious as it sounds, that's where it was. It was always going to be difficult if we're being really honest, even though it could have been done. Was they ever really going to truly change their identity to be the place where those guys stayed forever? I don't know. You know, and I think somewhere along the line, we've talked about this before, Jeremy, I think somewhere along the line they stopped being the the home to the best indie wrestlers in the world. Mid-2010s, I would say. I think they rested on their laurels in terms of recruitment. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of names that have gone through the Evolve system to NXT, to WWE, or, or now in AEW, actually, but that, like, in a different era would have been the Ring of Honor World Champ. You know, and, like, if you look at the names, you'll see who I'm talking about. But I don't know. It's just there's something to that identity, but ultimately it was, like, their whole – that's what they were, right? It was the place where guys got great before they went and made the big money. And that's this, – there's a charm to that. I appreciate it, but it is what it is. Guys, we had, we had a big discussion about this yesterday on the, the Distraction channel at youtube.com slash Fivefold Distraction. Sean Rossap popped in on that show. O'Neill, the, the man responsible for all of this, was part of that show. Uh, I'm sure we will continue to discuss it on the, the post show at, at 4.30. I do want to catch up on, on some Super Chats here. And I apologize if I missed some because uh, we, we started early and you know we're 40, 42 minutes into the show and i'm just now getting to him uh jj hello to my favorite big stars hope you're doing well uh aw was a tremendous show still can't believe brian wrestled on dark pop love you both shout out to oracle with the pop there uh let me see if i can find some more again i i'm not you can send any super chats everybody and i, I i'm sorry i feel like i'm gonna miss them because the chat has gone by and like we have got i, I see some here jeremy i got one okay there you uh go. yeah jay jay shell nicole says i'm upset kate is cash uh, let it play out. Um, Plugo says, keep up the fantastic work. Thanks, fellas. Or keep up the fantastic work, fellas. Thanks, Plugo. <laughs> uh, uh, Ryan Sullivan says, it's time for distractions to get Broody Pro running for real. Oh, I mean, if I we can not. clone guys and, and bring guys back from, from the dead and everything, yeah. sure. But yeah. That would go probably very poorly for many reasons. Yeah. <laughs> guys, send in your super chats, get your question, comment, statement, read on air. Let's move on to AEW last night. Joseph, uh, how was every episode of AEW Dynamite, the best episode of AEW Dynamite ever last night? A lot of talking points coming out of it, but the, the thumbnail of uh, choice by myself was, I will never turn, Joseph. I will never yeah. turn. My wife is too hot for me. My brother is a better wrestler than me. I never live up to my father's legacy. I will never turn. One interesting guy, Cody Rhodes. Is. <laughs> you know, if you if you sat like ten of us dipshit analysts down and asked us about most wrestling subjects, huge overlap. Eight of us probably agree with each other, and the other two are getting paid by another promotion. <laughs> But if you'd sit down us dipshits and ask about Code Man, <laughs> I honestly, like, every person I respect about talks about professional wrestling has a different read on it. Some think he is already a heel. Um, others think that he is completely insane and he's, like, losing his mind on television, which I think is probably a step far, but fair. Um, I personally think he's, like, experimenting with this whole other, like, 
version of the art form, which seems bad. I'm not sure I want him to do that in <laughs> any time. But like, look, I'll say this, and this is the key ingredient to all professional wrestling. As long as it's good, I can I can be with it. I thought it was a great segment. I really yeah. liked the promo, <laughs> regardless of what his intentions were. Look, I think you know he he literally tackled every talking point. So he's obviously aware. The question is, is he aware to the degree that he's like refusing to play ball with it? Or is his refusal part of him being aware? <laughs> Does this make sense? I think I, I truly, I truly think his refusal is part of being aware yeah. of everything. I really do. Like, I think Cody, it, we, we've said plenty about him. You can say plenty about him. I think at the end of the day, he's pretty smart. I love the segment or the the promo, the line where he's like, everyone wants to thank the guy who who writes the checks and everything. Yeah. Like they don't thank the guy who built the bank. Ah, oh, so good. Um, I think he is aware of everything, and that's why he brings it up. And I think his him like not going into a heel, not giving the fans what they want an aspect. That's the heel turn. Yeah. yeah, it is like no, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stick to being this person. And if you continue to hate it, that is fine. But Cody has always been say what you will. He's always been different, right? Yeah. Like wait. You, we know kind of the divide with, with him and the elite guys. He's always been different. He's not only always been different in terms of like how he's thought about wrestling and wanting to do like tributes to the to the 80s and stuff while the other guys want to just pop themselves and whatnot. Like he comes out at the center tunnel and everything. Like he's, he's objectively the one that pops himself most though. Which yeah, is which, is, which is great. Which is great. <laughs> like he wants to smash the throne and everything. Like uh, it's fantastic. Uh, I thought the promo was awesome. I, I'm I'm all in on Cody and the code verse, man. Now here's the question. Andrade's promo was like basically a babyface promo. Like he had yeah. the little line in there about, I don't care about what they think, but like he was a babyface. Like yeah. he, he dunked on he the, the tattoo. Yeah, it's a babyface. Yeah. But the question is, how do you have this character work heels without turning those heels actually babyface? Because I don't think Andrade is a babyface. He just did a pro. And then the question is, like, when does Cody start feuding with babyfaces? Now, Pac is interesting. Because if Cody's a dick to Pac, you have a dynamic where basically Pac lives firmly in the shades of grey. When he interacts with Orange Cassidy, he's a heel. When he interacts with Andrade, he's a babyface. So him and Cody feels like something they can, you know, like I don't, I don't think you're going to see them two team up and be like pals in a couple of weeks. When eventually they team up, there's going to be issues there. So... I don't know. Look, I'll be honest with you. It isn't, and I think everyone that watches this show know this. Like, I'm pretty straightforward with my wrestling taste. Like, I like it to just be here's the heel, here's the baby face. Isn't my thing. Cody's just, he's such an anomaly and he pops me with the way he goes about it. Like, his facials when he came through, the, when he did his big grand entrance and he was dressed the way he was, like, God bless, man. What an absolute <laughs> outlier in the world of, like, he's, his matches are awesome. In like the in the dumbest way ever, right? Like he had like a twelve minute match with Malachi Black, and like six minutes in, just like bleeding. Both of them were bleeding. <laughs> you know, it's just I'm not. If you don't like it, I completely get it because I think there's a lot of objective flaws to what he does. It pops me tremendously, even if sometimes it's ironically. I think you know, like he's yeah. <laughs> he's just and he stands out even more now, dude. When we started saying the Cody verse, and he was in his own little. It was nothing like what he is now. He's doing his own medium of entertainment now. He isn't right. even professional wrestling. It's just, just his invention. 
it was incredible. Awesome. I love it, man. It's by the way, it's like you know, we've we talked about Ring of One a long time, but I, I'm glad we're doing the Cody topic. But it's worth saying for all of the jokes that is every dynamite the best dynamite, dude. That episode was incredible. Yeah, they didn't miss last night. Everything on it now it was tremendous. But there you go. Yeah, um, I love I love the Cody stuff. I I must admit, like it, the. <sighs> It did get to me of like, okay, what is he doing? There's obviously some elements earlier this year that's like, all right, this is, what are we doing here, Cody? But like now that the way he's playing this, I'm all in on it. Cause I, I think he's self-aware with this stuff. And when you're self-aware with this stuff, this is why I, I grew to like the elite more. It's like, yeah. all right, we know what they're doing with this stuff now. They're, they're not taking this serious. They're just out here like popping themselves and, and doing, doing their shit and having great matches and, and telling great stories. And when you know that that line, because I think a lot of people have trouble with that line. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> but I think these guys know where they're at with it. And so it makes it better. Like, I think it makes it better. Um, yeah, I, I think it's great. I'm looking forward to him and Andrade next week. That'll be that'll be a test because the last time, because, I mean, we can say what we can uh, about, about Cody's matches, that the Malachi stuff was good. That Penta match was an issue and yeah. you know, Andrade, I mean, I, I yeah, think it'll be fine too. We we shall see with it, but it should be good. Uh, the rest of the show, I, I mean, there were again, there were really no misses on this show. No. But the 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 main event segment, I, I said on our our pre show that like I was most looking forward to this. It wasn't the best match, but <laughs> the shit they did in this, like doing this in the main event with with the Halloween costumes and just the the, the reveals. And everything, like it all worked because all these guys are so over. Like they could have easily just gone out there and been like, "Hey, let's just do a classic eight-man tag." And I kind of thought that's where it was going right. and whatnot. But no, they did. They did a, a costume party eight-man tag with, with a you know a bunch of great spots, and all of it worked though. It was all so tremendous, and they were telling stories. But a lot of people have pointed out the the Omega and and Cole stuff, which I think will, will be a long-term thing. Yes. But they're they're doing good good business with the, this elite hangman dark order stuff. That ending was so so much fun. It was predictable. Like like all right, that's hangman and the stay puffed, and then right. the horse. It's like yeah, it's cutlet. But like it's okay. It's okay when it works like this. People are just terrified of wrestling being fun. It's yeah, cr- and like I I've, I've been there too. So if you want, you, you didn't like it, I get. It, but like it was just fun, man. It was a blast. I I wasn't like fully on the timeline during this. We're we're there, and maybe it wasn't on your timeline because you you for the most part are have an okay timeline. Like were there people who are like, oh, they're making their world champion look like a dork dressed up like a Ghostbuster. I wasn't on enough to see, but people okay. was talking in our chat on Patreon last night about like. It's inevitable. And, and like, here's yeah. the thing. <clears throat> I get that. Like, not everything's for everyone, but the key is that if when you're being objective, this was objectively an incredible 15 minutes of television, especially yeah. with the payoff. The payoff made it all worthwhile, even if you didn't like it. But we've talked about this before, and you know, I don't want to repeat myself, but it's the truth. Let's be real. It is the most sincere take on the phrase variety show that wrestling has ever seen. I mean, it's insane. The show started with this kind of grueling old lad match with Bob Fish and CM Punk, which I love, by the way. Wrong, Great match. wrong, wrong winner. In fact, dude, he actually looks like they're going to do a program, right? I think Bob's <laughs> going to. 
God bless Bobby Fish, man. Good Bobby job. Bobby Fish Bobby. might be his match at full gear now. You know what? He deserves, he's been tremendous. Good for Bobby Fish. The but, um, get on the fish boat, everybody. The ace of AEW, Bob Fish. There you go. Um, I thought the best match of the night was Serena and Sheeta. Oh, that was yeah. incredible. That My was favorite Sheeta match that I've seen, and she's had some really good ones, but that was Serena is just incredible. Good Lord. Um, you had the kind of old school pro wrestling promo segment with Brian and King. But the content was very much not old school, and it was very 2021. It was awesome. Loved that. Um, MJF segment was classic pro wrestling. You had um, the Cody, you know, whatever you want to call the Cody thing. John Moxley killed ten. That was yeah, ins- that, that was, was a slaughter. You know, that was very that was very reminiscent of last year when Omega just murked Sunny Kiss, and people were like, "Oh, we want the the old Omega and everything." And that was kind of the start of like. His his heel uh, turn with everything yeah. was when he, he beat Sonny Kiss very fast, uh, and that's kind of what Moxley did here. But what's interesting is Mox and Brian both are kind of playing with this a little bit, right? Because Brian is a babyface, okay, and I think this is just me. I'm, I'm not only getting to the subject too deep, but this is my read on it, Jeremy. I don't know what you think, but I would have tinkered with Brian's content a little bit last night. <clears throat> I think he was. His delivery was great, but he didn't seem to know what his t- like response was to King. So he maybe should have figured that out because it was it came across kind of heelish. And I don't think that was the kind of heel that he wants to be, you know, the way he kind of dismissed Eddie's thing. Whatever, that's fine. Um but he is, you know, he's the heel against Eddie Kingston. That's the real that's we always knew that was gonna be the case. Yeah. Monksley is basically a heel at this point. He's just killing guys and he's explaining it as just, well, even me or them, so good luck. <laughs> So you're in, you're in this dynamic where like, I feel like they can swerve you either way or it's just two characters that don't give a shit and try and win wrestling matches. Um, it's – again, I don't get ahead of myself because I don't have got the spoilers for Friday and, and hopefully no one does I that. don't either. Please don't – yeah. We're, and yeah, we're going to talk about Rampage on the post show too. Please do not spoil this. I have not read them. Uh, I figured Joseph has not read them. Please don't spoil any of this stuff for us, guys. What was your read on that um, on that Brian deal? Because he's he obviously what he's going for is that Kingston doesn't work hard outside of the ring, which lets him down no matter how hard he works inside the ring, which pops me. I like it. But I don't know if I'd have let Brian, considering what that character stands for, doing the bit where he was just like, well, we all go for it. You know, that felt – and again, listen, folks, this is not a comment on Brian's take on that. He's wonderful. He's the most loved, beloved person in wrestling. <laughs> I'm talking about the on-screen character. I probably would have been like – Maybe redo. I don't know. How would you have redone it with that? I w- it came across it when when a guy like when Kingston's character shines a light on that stuff. It's very difficult for a babyface to respond without dismissing it. Mm-hmm. And you know we've been pretty open about this topic. I wouldn't have had Brian dismiss it the way he did. Let me stress again. I understand his intentions were not sinister in the slightest. Obviously. It's a little thing. His content, I thought, was a little all over the place, as great as his delivery was. Um, you know, but look, you know, Ray, Ray Mix didn't have a problem with it. So it's like, I, I don't, I'm not saying it was wrong or anything. I just, I would have probably had him not do that. But that's just me. I, I understand that argument. My read on it is Brian wants to fight the best and he wants to bring out the best and he wants to bring yes. out the fire and everybody, right? And I think that's what he's going for with Kingston by challenging him of like, for sure, you know, 
you can work. You don't work hard enough outside of the ring. That's what lets you down. Oh, you go through this like tough shit. Like everyone goes through this. Like right. don't make excuses type of thing. And that all that's going to do because because Eddie is so honest about this stuff is fire him up and piss him off. And he wants you know Brian wants a fight. Like that's what Brian goes in there for. And so I think that that's my read on it. Anyway, I don't mm-hmm. think they're they're actively being dismissive no, of this stuff. Like it's it's you know it's a television show, um, and uh, that's just my read on, on Brian. That that's been Brian's character since he he joined AEW. So I thought this was like kind of true to what his character has been. I I love the part. I think his idea all along was he's trying to bring out this kind of fire in Kingston, which right. is a natural story. I think the way they do promo segments in AEW and the reason we like them so much is they're basically off the cuff. Yeah. And I think, as, and, and let me stress again, I was a great promo segment. I'm simply saying that I, in an ideal world, if I think if I could have had it back and I was, you know, at the, at the, uh, at the wheel there, it's like maybe Brian could have been prepped better on what King was going to say. It came across the same way. And let me stress again, I'm not saying the human being, he's the best. We love Brian, but Al Mayak says it, it gave that vibe of like pull up the bootstraps. You know what I'm saying? It's the, it, it, that's the way it came across. And I know that Brian isn't that dude. What I'm getting at is it's a really big deal. And it may not seem it to you and I because we talk commonly, like regularly about it. When Kingston talks about it on TV, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. And you have to be very careful how you utilize it. You know? So maybe it's not best served for a head to head promo. It's better off as a separate, is what I'm saying. Do you think they. Did they do a road to rampage? They did not. No, that would have been it would have been better there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like there, or maybe they do some type of video package before their match on rampage, where they right. kind of correct course on that because you know both these guys are good enough, and if they feel it came off a certain way and they they want to try to write the ship on it, you can can just do a pre match video or even a, a pre match interview uh, for rampage that, that they taped afterwards or, or however right. you want to do it uh, as an insert. Like we'll, we'll see if they, they correct course to try to, you know, write that for, for it's, some people. It's worth saying that I'm not like, I'm not saying I was offended. Yeah. And I'm not saying anyone was offended. I'm not even saying that what Brian said was bad. Cause it, like it was really run of the mill. So like, I'm not trying to make a big deal of it. I'm just saying I think Brian is such a, like, he's such a significant wrestling hero, right? And, like, he, I know that he doesn't see himself that way because, of course, he doesn't. He sees himself as just a wrestler. Like, fuck, he's Brian, right? He doesn't. But I just, it was a little thing, only a small thing. The segment was great. I mean, I left the thing, can't wait for Friday. So, which by all accounts, my God, this fireworks, which by all accounts is tremendous. Um, the fire for, Daniels, uh, for Danielson and Kingston as well. Yeah, it's gonna I mean it's gonna be um look man. It's gonna be something. I don't wanna, you know, I've heard some stuff, it sounds tremendous. I I would imagine it's great. It does suck that it's it's not live, um, but I would imagine it's great. And again, if you have spoilers, please don't. I've I've done very well to avoid them. I will continue to avoid them. I'm looking forward uh to, to Rampage. We'll talk more about Rampage on the the post show because I do want to discuss sort of what else is on that card. Uh J Shell says, don't forget about the the Matt and Page storyline. Yeah, Hangman and the entire elite. Like they've they've done a great job with that. And you know, they, they played off that last night as uh too. Um a couple more here. Uh J Shell once again says, I was there, Brian and Eddie is can't miss. There you go. Um yep. 
And uh, Ray, Ray Bennett says, I battle anxiety and depression. Takes it off every morning. I don't have an issue with, with Brian's promo. And that's, look, that's what matters. I, I hope this didn't come across as me suggesting it was like troublesome or problematic. I don't, I I don't think, think it did. I think you were just offering a different perspective. But let's be real. It's very, very, uh, it's a foreign subject for professional wrestling promos. And like someone said, it's as big a deal, like it's as big a problem that King brought up, which I agree with. Like, <laughs> it's very hard for Brian to have a response to that in a wrestling context. Like, yeah. I'm what I'm actually trying to do, and I'm doing a very poor job of it, so I apologize, but I'm trying to convey the challenges that come with that kind of authenticity. And everyone knows I love both guys, so I'm aware that their actual mindset in this is not coming from anything sinister. No way. Um, that, that is who Eddie Kingston is, and Brian Danielson was trying to respond with, respond with a professional wrestling promo, which he did a great job of. He cut a great promo. He delivered it perfectly. But I'm just saying it's kind of uncharted territory in some ways on national television with two top guys in the industry, and it was interesting to me. That's all. I, I don't think you've done a, a poor job of this. I think anyone who who knows you uh, and knows our show understands where right. you're coming from with this, and you were just looking at it from a more like human perspective of everything. Yeah. And yeah, again, people who know you know Danielson. You were you were ready to turn in your fleet card if you did not get Danielson in Kingston. So yeah, I, I think they, <laughs> yeah, I think they know that it's uh, uh, it's not like oh man, can't now I'm never gonna watch these two wrestle. No, again. yeah. Like, I just I just want people to know I don't think you're doing a poor job at, at this at all. Um, anything else from from Dynamite besides everything else from Dynamite? Hmm, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's one of those things now where we feel like bootlickers just talking about the program, right? We just sit into how good it is the whole time. I don't know. It's, I have nothing sure, really else to isolate. I just want to say it was awesome. Yeah, what do you want to do? It's a good show. Like, what are we? We're not supposed to talk about a good wrestling show when we're wrestling fans. What uh, you know? What do you, what do you want us to do? I, I just had- people were so scared in this game, Jeremy, and you know this. And yeah. I get, it. I've been there. Everyone's so scared of being hyperbolic and talking about how great AEW is. And we all do that thing where we lead with it's not perfect. Let me tell you, it's not. It's like yes, of course, it's one hell of a product right now, man. I if you're watching it and you're watching it through that like lens of crossing your arms and saying impress me, um. I mean, you're really missing out on like a, t- a hell of a time that one day people are going to look back on real fondly. And I know I say that a lot. I know it's boring, but like, look at that show last night and then realize that they were <laughs> tomorrow night. We've got King and Brian, which I'd say is clearly the most anticipated match of the week in AW. That show was just a show. It's, it's, expe- it's just absolutely spectacular. So try and enjoy it if you are watching it because. I don't think it will be this way forever. I'd like it to be, but that's not generally how wrestling goes. So enjoy the ride. What happens when the pops run out, Joseph? I don't know. We stopped doing this podcast. <laughs> We're going to be on the AEW network, and you know, within yeah. like the next five years, it'll be fine. We'll be we'll be right there next to the ROH section. It's going to be great. Scroll through. Be like every episode of Dynamite, classic ROH distraction episodes right there on the top top tier with the baby how much of it will they edit out for the sake of their brand at least 50 percent, right <laughs> all the o'neill stuff yeah until like recent robert o'neill yeah they'll edit all that stuff out yeah robert o'neill was interesting he's probably banned from their platform well you know what platform he's not banned from joseph history bottle Our platform, Robert O'Neill is here. Hello, What's Robert up, guys? O'Neill. How's it going? 
How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. You know, every episode of this show is also the best episode. So, <laughs> thank you. Appreciate that. What you, do you have a subject today, O'Neill? Yeah, we're talking about Cleveland. Oh boy, I'm sure that wasn't this a bit. Well. That wasn't a bit. Why? Why are you doing this? It'll make sense, Joseph. I'm going to explain it. All right. I know That's the bit, good. but why are you doing it? Is my like I understand why you're doing it, but why are you doing it? <laughs> why well, did I, I think? Have... I have a very important question for you. First off, the, the dynamite viewership is in for, for those that care. I will say it in one second as my uh, <laughs> ratings here load. Here we go. Uh, 941, so so under a mil, lowest total since July 7th. Obviously, AEW is dead despite dead. doing their best show ever. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, was, oh, O'Neal, I have a very important question for you. How yep. is your uh, throat scratchy? It's better. I'm good now. Yeah. That is good. Okay. Good yeah. to hear that. Doing all right, right. O'Neal. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Here we go. History Bottle. Bang! All right. So, uh, yeah. You know, the Chicago Bulls, just like last week, still have the best record in the NBA. Coming into tonight at 4-0. Big game against the New York Knicks. And uh, really will be highlighted by their honoring Jakeem Noah before the game. Uh, you know, Jakeem Noah, pretty talented center for them back when they were starting to get good again uh, i mean it all went to shit but he uh he was good for a few years so i'm glad they're honoring him and uh really my favorite joakim noah moment was uh you know they were playing cleveland in the uh i think it was 2009 playoffs uh one of the last years lebron was there and uh you know just poking the bear asked about cleveland said you know oh you like cleveland you think cleveland's cool i've never heard anyone say i'm going to cleveland on vacation and i appreciate him saying that because it needed to be said because you know jeremy i know you're uh you're an ohio guy you know sorry if i upset you by my shots at cleveland here um cleveland sucks man like if anyone from cleveland's in the chat i'm sorry about that as well sorry to hear that uh i mean let's face facts like first of all they had a river so polluted it caught on fire that's not what's supposed to happen to a river, all right? It's water, man. Like, you can't be doing that. Now, <laughs> granted, they did clean up the river. It doesn't catch on fire anymore. Okay, good job. But the fact that it happened in the first place, that's just, come on. Um, and then, so here's another thing. All the sports teams, like with the exception of when LeBron went back there, they're not good. You know, the baseball team hasn't won in however long. Uh, the Cavs got the one title finally. Uh, the Browns are a joke, man. Um, it just and LeBron. Here's the thing about LeBron: he went back there and then left again. So even LeBron doesn't like Cleveland. I mean, I think we need to point that out too. He's not going back there again. He's staying in LA. He's happy out there now, even though they uh, can't beat the Thunder. But you know, um, so I got another story about Cleveland for you. So in the mid '80s, you know, they're. Uh, trying to get on the map, trying to break a Guinness world record with like the most balloons launched at one time or whatever. So this is a bunch of people downtown holding balloons and they're like, Hey, we're going to let these balloons go at the same time. They're all going to go up in the sky. It'll look really cool. So they do that. Right. But the balloons, I don't know if you know how uh, gravity works, but when something goes up, it has to come down again. So these balloons all come down, right. And they end up in Lake Erie and uh, there's these two guys that are boating their boat overturns. Coast Guard can't find them because, you know, there's all these balloons in the lake. So balloons kind of look the same as guys, you know, bobbing up and down or whatever. So the the balloon stunt they pulled, it, these guys died because of it. So, yeah, Cleveland's bad, man. Cleveland's a bad place. I've been there, never going back. 
no reason to go to Cleveland. I the rest of Ohio is fine, but yeah, no, no reason to go to Cleveland. Joakim Noah was right. Glad he's being honored tonight. He is a hero. History pilot. It's water, man. Yeah. <laughs> when, when did the corner three become you doing like stand up? <laughs> Listen, if you didn't like that. You can talk to like JJ it. because I didn't have anything planned and I was uh, tweeting about Cleveland. You could just talk about Cleveland for three minutes. So, <laughs> To be clear, JJ or Google? Double J? Uh, Double J, yes. I forgot yeah. that's what he is now. Yeah. What's did up? You, did you Google like shit, bad shit that happened in Cleveland? No, I knew both of those. That balloon story, okay. I heard it the first time a couple of years ago. It's crazy, man. <laughs> If there isn't a Bruce Lee-esque, it's Waterman, Robert O'Neill t-shirt, uh, tomorrow we doomed. It's fair. Wow. That was incredible, man. It's like doing like crowd work. <laughs> See who else. <laughs> Imagine you like swinging the mic around. That was an old yeah, time. TK, before. can you hold the mic like TK in that, that video or that, yeah, that photo where he's just like... You muted yourself. <laughs> oh, poor Bob. Every victory lap is followed by some sort of defeat. He can't get it. No, you're oh. still on mute. Yeah, so take stand. Uh, oh, boy. So. Yeah. Say, say that again? I was taking it off the mic stand, and uh, I unplugged it. It failed. Yeah. <laughs> you got to like, get your hand up there, O'Neal. Like, like, like there. that. Yeah, something like that. There we go. <laughs> JJ says, produced by yours truly, didn't think Bob would go for it. Tremendous Bob. Well, here's the thing. I didn't really have an idea for it today. Um, <laughs> I asked you to review Halloween Havoc, Bob. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was the, the plan. I was going to move into that if I had time left, but I had too many stories about Cleveland. <laughs> you planned this out. You, I feel like you could have gone longer. <laughs> Man, that's incredible. Also, we're not well, going to talk all. about Halloween Havoc. I told you last night, I don't like it. I'm not going to watch. <laughs> you never watch NXT it? again. He's yeah. never watching it again after oh, what happened oh, on Tuesday. The LeBron Breaker lost? Yep. Wow. Fair. Sorry to hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very fair. I know. Oh, man. Uh, are we done with this show? Do we want to We want to get out of here? I mean, we've got a post show to do, right? We do have a post show to do. We're um, going to do a crossword. As yes. a family. So, so that's the thing that we are, we're definitely doing that. Bob needs to join us for that. He's the best at it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he is. He that. is very good at the crossword. Yeah. I should be good. I should be around. Uh, not too busy today, which is nice. Hold on. Oh my God. I know. It's a Taylor Swift ringtone. <laughs> oh, no. Hi, love. Oh, no. Um, oh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> No, 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 no. What? What? What do you want me to do? We would at least be a pre-type. What? <laughs> what do you want me to do? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am sorry. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. 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 I'll see you tonight. Okay. All right. Yeah. Love. Love you. Okay. Bye.
So, uh, Joseph, you're you're off next week. That was the EP. O'Neill, I have yep. some news. I have some news. You've been suspended for for a week by the EP for for your comments against Cleveland. You've Fair. also been fined for your comments. Um, I have been suspended for a week for conduct detrimental to the distraction for my treatment <laughs> of uh, women in, in the past few weeks. Um, the EP has made the executive decision that, you know, today today's the anniversary of uh, WWE Evolution, everybody. I don't know if you guys know that. So next week, because I've now been suspended, O'Neill has been suspended, Joseph is on vacation. Next week is Distraction Evolution, and the show will be co-hosted and hosted by Cher Delaware and Kate Hensler. So next week will be an all-women show of the Distraction as O'Neill and I uh, serve our suspensions, and Joseph goes on vacation. JJ, you are also suspended because you let a lot of this go. So you okay. are suspended as well. I was going to ask that. Um, yeah. Is there a corner free for someone else? Someone else can do a corner free? I I don't have anything to do next week. That If that's what they want to plan, whatever they want to do, it's out of my hands. It's out of my hands. Okay. I might do a corner free next week if I'm invited. No. It's all females, Joseph. I, but I feel like I, I feel like I'm... I feel like in this case, I am kind of the hero, as usual, of this story. Um, no. But like you, is the you hero. two have exposed yourselves to sexist pigs, but I, I didn't do that. I was off I was off camera other than the first episode of this debacle. So I would like, yeah, I wasn't going to use the word ally, Hannah, but yeah, I'm an ally. Hannah just said it, so I'm saying it now. Um, I think that means I'm doing the corner three next week. You're not. I promise you you're not. I know. I'm definitely not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> So next week, everybody, uh, Cher Delaware, Kate Hensler will be hosting this show as uh, we serve suspensions. Joseph goes on vacation. Uh, we're just suspended from the main show, O'Neill. I'll make that clear. Uh, we still have okay. a channel to get over <laughs> and a Twitch to get over. <laughs> uh, but yeah, next week is uh, is uh, Distraction Evolution. There we go. O'Neill, you want to plug anything? Yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter at Robert O'Neill thirty one oh, for yeah. more uh, hot takes about Midwest cities and Chicago Bulls tweets. Wow, <laughs> Joseph, anything to plug? LateNightGrin dot com. Um, tomorrow night we're doing the Late Night Grin after Rampage. Uh, that should be fun. A big four hour show before I go off. But also go over to the post show. I don't know if the link is in the uh, the vicinity anywhere, Jeremy. But if it is, click that deal. We'll be live shortly. And we'll do probably another hour or more, including the crossword. Um, you know, my last show on on these uh, Fightful affiliated platforms for a couple of weeks there, Jeremy. So this should be fun. There you go. There you go. The link's in the chat, everybody, as I just posted it. YouTube.com slash Fightful Distraction. Again, the link is in the chat. Maybe it got banned, actually, because I don't know if you can post links in the chat, even though <laughs> I did it from the account. Whatever. It's YouTube.com slash Fightful Distraction. Go over there. Come hang out with us. Uh, I'll be there. Joseph will be there. O'Neill will be there. We'll be doing a crossword. We'll be talking some more wrestling and everything. 
guys, thank you guys for all the support. Uh, thank you. And I know I said it, uh, and Joseph said it as well on the uh, show yesterday, but our audience is a little bit bigger over here. Thank you guys for um, all the support on the, the new channel that, that's going on. We've, we've done very well over there, and we're going to keep uh, doing some cool stuff hopefully over there. So we'll see you guys over there shortly, youtube.com slash Fightful Distraction. Thank you guys for everything. We'll talk to you all shortly. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.